created live on Fireside. Welcome to Office Hours with Dr. DeVoe. It is the evolution of professional development in higher education. We are here regularly on the Fireside platform. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, Today's show is all about winter break and the news that hits. Students are smacked in the middle of winter break. And now it's time when the news travels and it may hit hard. They may be thinking of leaving school, transferring, changing their major, moving in with a lover, breaking up with a different one. This month is all about families and the students that we're here to support. We want you to be a part of the show. And today's guest is a returning wonderful guest. It is Beth Pagram-Petro. She is an expert in public health on campus. She is a fabulous uh, co-guest and co, uh, you know, co-host here. What the hell are we talking about? So welcome back. It's 2023. And as we usually do, we start the show with news of the day. So uh, coming to us from the Inside Higher Education, this is about community colleges across the country are struggling to recruit and hire new people after losing faculty and staff members in droves during the pandemic. Um, The institutions lost 13% of their employees nationally from January 2020 to April 2022, according to an estimate from EAB, a higher education consulting firm. A recent data analysis from EAB shows that four-year colleges mostly recouped their losses after uh, also experiencing sharp declines in staff, unlike community colleges, which have lagged in their recovery. Um, This is important, especially as we look at uh, the next story, which comes to us from Higher Ed Dive. In the state of Utah, Utah will no longer require a bachelor's degree for most state government jobs. Um, Governor Spencer Cox announced on December 13th that 90% of state executive branch jobs do not require a degree. Hmm, Interesting. Hiring managers and committees are instead instructed to consider comparable experience as equal to educational qualifications at every step in the evaluation and recruiting process. This is not going to bode well for the community college system in Utah. And so when you're trying to keep these these jobs in the state and now you're saying, well, the state doesn't even value a degree. What does this say about your state education system? And then finally, uh, coming to us from uh, CNN, uh, the suspect in November slaying of four University of Idaho students waived extradition to his home state from his home state of Pennsylvania to face murder charges in the state of Idaho. Brian Kohlberger arrived at Pennsylvania's Monroe County Courthouse on Tuesday uh, by prison van, cuffed and in a prison jumpsuit, and was escorted back uh, to the back of the courthouse by armed law enforcement. He answered no when the judge asked him if he had any mental health issues that would impede his ability to waive his extradition. And his father, also in the courtroom, shook his head no. The defendant signed the waiver at the defense table with shackles on, still around his wrists. Um, the judge ordered Koberger uh, must be handed over to custody of Latta County District Attorney's Office within 10 days. We're going to keep an eye on this story. Um, the more I hear about this story, what was happening at this off-campus house, the the uh, Dean of Students, Chief Student Affairs Officer, top uh, conduct officer on a campus, is head of mine is saying, There's things that have happened in that house before. This person knew that house. The house was well documented as being a place where people came and went and went and came. He knew what he was doing and who he was targeting, but we will find out more as time goes along. And uh, as uh, I prepped Beth prior to this, there is a slight possibility that during this show today, there will be breaking news regarding the Operation Varsity Blues uh, outcomes in terms of the uh, kind of the mastermind behind this. Uh, his uh, Richard Rick Skinner is uh, in Boston today, and the decision uh, in terms of his final 
lineup of what he's going to be held accountable for and how many years and all this is may drop during the show. And if that happens, my husband has been given a clear direction to come on in and break that news. So here you go. So Beth, how are you? How was your break? I'm doing well. Break was good. I did not. So now I am back working and I don't really remember what my job is. No, I'm kidding. I do remember. Um, but it was, it was a good, um, complete mental break from work, which I think is important, um, for students and for us (laughs) because it's not a real break if you're doing work. Um, so it is a, it is a nice privilege of working on a campus that closes, um, during the last week of December that you have the opportunity to take time when everyone else is also taking time, at least theoretically. That's great. So it's good. How about you? It was good. I had a cortisone shot uh, (laughs) to address. Very exciting. Speaking of breaking news, I have tendonitis (laughs) in my left shoulder and I had a cortisone shot and it was incredible. And people say, well, did it hurt? I'm like, it was a shot. So there was a Mm -hmm. little bit of pain. Where it freaked me out is they had me hooked up to like a sonogram so they could see where they were putting it in. And I'm looking at it on the sonogram. So you see the needle like going mm-hmm. into my shoulder and I'm like, don't need to see this. Can we move? Can we move this? We can't move this. Okay, we're now stuck. And now I I could have just kept my face this way, but it it's like a train wreck. So you have to look at it. And now I'm looking at it and all that. But I will say it's uh, definitely better. Um, it feels better. The shoulder's that's not good. better. It feels better. And I have to take care of it, but that's all there is to it. And we binged Only Murders in the Building, both season one and season two. Highly recommend. That's a fun, that show's fun. It's fun. You know my my adoration of Steve Martin. So it was definitely a a great time. So there you go. So happy to be back, happy to be productive. We've got a lot going on this semester. I'm going to be busy teaching two classes and have a lot of projects going on. So Life's good. All right. Uh, so as we were prepping for today and I was thinking about topics, um, it, Beth and I have hosted a, a different podcast on a, on a you know, more terrestrial podcasting network uh, prior to this. And we had uh, conversations. It was really kind of focused towards parents and parents of uh, students in college. And um, this was always an important show for us. And I said, you know, we need to bring this theme back because Mm -hmm. it is super important, especially now where we have students coming back from the break and we're seeing several things. And I'm hoping to touch on uh, three things today. Um, The first is kind of the health, the physical and mental Mm -hmm. health of the student, what parents might be seeing when the student comes home and what the parent, you've been parenting this person their entire life you know them and so you're seeing something that's not quite right either they themselves have reported it or you yourself is seeing it so i want to talk about that second is they come home and now they're kind of dropping that bomb of this isn't the school for me um Mm -hmm. and uh, what does that look like didn't want to talk about in front of nana and papa over christmas dinner but now that everybody's gone holidays are over christmas presents hanukkah presents all that stuff is done here's the reality. I'm not happy. What can I do? And then Mm -hmm. the third, if we have time, uh, is that idea of like, they just, they love where they're at, but their academics are in the tank. Um, and so I want to try to touch on each of those, but I want to start with the health concern. Uh, Beth, you know, we talked about a little bit during the prep, um, saw this, uh, on my own social, saw this, uh, you know, just in, in terms of what people are reporting, like my kid came home and now they're, They're literally in bed for two weeks. And I've heard about uh, bad, bad cases of mono. Um, Heard people just say, my kid's just exhausted. Mm -hmm. You're the, you're the health and wellness person. You're that health educator. You, you know, your, your sleep hygiene. What are you thinking here? One, what is the conversation the parents can be having um, in a way that isn't accusatory, uh, won't shut the student down? What does that look like and why is that conversation important? Oh, it's definitely tough to have a conversation that won't shut the student down, I think. Um, 
Well, maybe not. It depends on the student. I think, yeah, seriously. Um, I think it's important. I mean, I would actually start from talking about the difference, the different ways that, the different things that might be going on that are manifesting as the student coming home and, you know, taking to their bed. Um, I'm sort of, I want to take to my bed, but I I don't know. It doesn't happen. Um, That's a very very kind of turn of the century. Very Victorian, like fainting couch, take to your bed, vapors. Um, Part of it may just be exhaustion. There are definitely students who they don't necessarily have a pressing physical or mental health diagnosis. They just didn't have great sleep hygiene, had a lot of commitments. Um, It was just, you know, at the beginning of the break, it was just finals week. Maybe they'd pulled all the nighters. Maybe they just had a lot going on and then they come home and boom, they're done. They, They just sort of collapse. And this happens to all of us, right? Like if you're thinking about a time when maybe you were, maybe when you were in high school or college and working toward exams or a big project, maybe you are at work working toward a huge deadline. Maybe there's a personal event. Maybe you like planned and had a wedding. Maybe, you know, like anything big like that. How often do you get sick right after? <laughs> right? Because your body just sort of is like, okay, you're done now. Now I can now I can give out for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that. It could be they just need to catch up on sleep. And that's not not concerning, but it's not a huge, you know, like that might be where you just have a conversation of like, wow, you know, I'm so glad you're getting some time here at home to to rest up. You know, next semester, do you think there's a way you can get more sleep or like, have you tried anything before? And that's kind of, that's, I think, a good rule of thumb for any conversation with someone about behavior change is not approaching it as like, you should sleep more. We all should sleep more. I get it. Um, But really going in, this is not true, uh, truly a technique called motivational interviewing, but it borrows from it a little bit the philosophy behind it, which is like highlighting the person's strengths for them and their, and their capacity. And so I would have a conversation with them about like, oh, so, you know, did you have a lot of trouble sleeping this semester? What things did you try to improve upon that already? Right. right, And did they work or did they not work? And that is both kind of a productive way to discuss it. And it also gives you an opportunity as a parent to be like, oh, so when it wasn't exam time, so exam time is kind of its own special beast, but like you actually tried, um, going to bed a little earlier each night and you found that it worked and you were able to do that for a lot of the semester. That's great. I bet you could do that again. And that's really kind of saying to them like, Hey, you succeeded Mm. at this. You can do it again. Um, If they came home with a particular sickness, you know, take care of them, write it out. It's not a surprise. We have a ton of flu, a ton. I mean, I'm speaking for new England, right? Cause that's where we are. But I think I actually heard the other day, and I'm, I shouldn't even say this because I can't substantiate this claim, <laughs> but I will try. Maybe I'll try to Google it after we're done. I actually heard flu is like more prevalent than COVID this fall. Yeah, yeah. Which I've heard I don't know if that's true statistically, but anecdotally, yeah. we saw more flu um, yeah. so far. Knock wood. That does not mean we should not still be concerned with COVID because COVID is still present and still mm-hmm. circulating, and is probably and is certainly going to have an increase following this break. Right. Um, there is a ton of respiratory stuff going around. There's certainly mono. Um, I think as a parent in that situation, encourage rest and recovery, real rest, mm-hmm. not like pushing yourself to go back, especially if they have something like COVID. There is mm-hmm. some research out there suggesting if you have COVID and don't truly rest during it, you're at higher risk for long COVID and other side effects really rest if it's possible and i know that's a rest mean what is it explain what rest rest is like don't work don't try to get back to exercise like truly do the minimum right if you feel up and i'm not saying like if you on day five of flu or COVID are like oh i feel a little better i'd like to take a walk go have a walk don't go for a run no (laughs) don't don't like try to um you laugh but i'm telling you i'd do my last job that would be my healthiest At my yeah. peak. At my healthiest, I just walk. But anyway. <laughs> exactly. At my peak. It's literally like, what are you going to yes. do today? Not run. I will tell you that yeah. right now. But Not I'm just run. thinking back. <laughs> I'm thinking back to like students that were in COVID isolation at 
another school I worked at and they'd be like, I'm really getting pretty stir crazy. Is it okay if I go out for a run? And the nurse practitioner would have to say to them, like, I do not recommend that you go do strenuous exercise before like day seven at minimum. And I, so I think when I say rest, I think like, don't worry about being productive. Don't worry about strenuous exercise. Don't worry about work. And some of this is a very privileged thing to say. Some people don't have the ability to not worry about these things. Some of us have jobs we can't stay home from, which sucks and employers should be letting people stay. That's a whole other thing. Uh, We might, we might have children or older adults or just other people in our house to care for it. Like within your possibility within your sphere of possibility do as little as possible listen to your body if you're tired take a nap I was actually with my family this past weekend celebrating my daughter's birthday and I overheard a conversation between the two grandmothers between the two nanas about naps and how like both of them talked about having had COVID last spring they're like yeah now I just need a daily nap and part of me was like also you're the age you are like you might need, you might have gotten, you might have gotten to this age and never had COVID and needed a daily nap anyway. Yeah. And that's fine. And, and they're retired, so they can do that. But like, if you're home recuperating from illness, truly rest, especially the first few days, don't expect yourself to be like, well, since I'm home, I might as well tackle that closet organization project. Stop. Don't do it. No. Just rest. Just like no. watch television. We don't need to reorganize the closet. We don't no. need to start an online business. We don't have to do all no. these things. Just rest. Just relax. I Just gave rest. you. I gave you something to binge at the beginning of the show. Yes. Only she, murders in the building. Binge I'm gonna it. come in with. Okay, so that's Hulu. If you don't have Hulu, if you're a Netflix person, I'm yes. gonna tell you that if you have not watched Dairy Girls yet, do it now. Oh my god, it's the greatest. <laughs> um and. You know, for the HBO Max people out there, get get with the get James with the zeitgeist and watch the White Lotus. Everyone's doing it anyway. Oh, you but, see, I haven't watched White Lotus yet. So but there's a lot. There's Doug a lot out there. Doug and Doug and James are with us on this. Yay! Okay. Um, but there's a lot out there to watch. There's lots to read. Like listen to things, podcasts, mm-hmm. audiobooks, naps. Michelle more naps. Obama's book right now. Michelle Obama's book. Her new Great. book. It's great. I got to pitch out her to join us. She's not coming, but I got to pitch <laughs> out there. Right. Uh, so that would be, that would be wild. Um, it would be wild. If, if though, so that's kind of the second category is like someone who came home truly sick or got sick, like encourage rest, offer them care where you can. They need yeah. it. The yeah. third is a mental health concern. Um, whether they come home and report one to you or you suspect one because they did come home and lay in bed all day and you're a little like, right. mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. going on here? Um, this is tough, but definitely kind of similar. Just gentle questioning about like, hey, are, are you tired physically? Is something else going on? Have there been issues this semester? Do you, know, do you need, do we need to talk about anything? And some of this can tie in with the other thing we were going to talk about, which is like, did they come home and have to tell you that they are flunking out or that they are not, it's just not the right place for them. Right. Um, that's a lot. It's a lot for a student, whether they, whether they are going to deliver this news to you and it's going to have a financial impact or not, which is like a whole other part. Right. It doesn't feel good to say I made this choice and I really love it there, but the academics are not going well. Or I thought it was the right place for me, but it's not, right? So, or my mental health is in a shambles and it's not school. It's just, I need time. Right. I think, again, asking some questions that are gentle and empathetic and not judgmental, letting them know they are not alone because they are not. No. Um, asking in a non-judgmental way, what they've done already about the issue. And again, we don't want to say, well, what did you, did you do anything about this? Right. You know, it's like, Hey, um, you know, tell me what things you tried, like just, and, and say to them, like, and if, if it's nothing, if you didn't, like, if all you could do was, you know, stay home from class and sleep more. Okay. We have a place to start from. But I think, I think that as a parent, to the best of your ability, trying to be neutral, like don't catastrophize, don't panic, show them you care and show them that you understand the gravity of the situation, but not overdoing it. Right. It's kind of like when the kids were little 
and they tripped and skinned a knee, if you ran over, oh my God, oh my God, Laura, are you okay? Right. How would how would the child react? Yeah, yeah. Often they cry harder. So being able to say like, oh no, you fell down. How you do? You okay? Let me take a look at it. Oh, that looks like it might hurt. Let's see if we can do something about that. So you're caring, but you're also showing some calm and some competence. And that's what they need from you is calm, competence and caring. Oh my God, I just, I made three C's, but like truly show that you care, but don't like freak out on them. Don't panic because it does not make the situation better. It does not make them more likely to want to bring it to you. If your reaction is like hair on fire, screaming, running around, that's and, not And useful. notice one thing that Beth did not say in there is fix it for them. And because that is actually something from, you know, our experience that when you take the, the agency away, when you, when you keep pulling it away from them and they can't be their own best self-advocate, um, you're really creating a real problem. Uh, mm-hmm. for that student in terms of their ability long-term to be able to, you know, identify what's not quite right. Like, you know, I'm going to go back to my, my shoulder. Um, that's a physical thing, but, you know, I had frozen shoulder back during the pandemic. I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of things I blame it on. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of reasons because we were all, I think ultimately what it was, was we were all working from a desk that was not made to be worked from, all the time. And that was my home desk was kind of really pretty, but it was not functional. And, you know, and that whole thing was happening. And so after you go through a period of physical therapy and other things, you kind of learn, you say, okay, that motion, that repeat motion, that thing that I do hurts my, will cause pain to my shoulder over time. You do the same thing about your emotional well-being and that these are the things that shut me down. These are the things that scare Mm -hmm. me. These are the things that give me anxiety. Um, These are the things that frankly make me make me not want to do anything. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a reason for people, uh, especially our students who go into this idea of like, you know, I'm going to keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. It, are you putting mm-hmm. it off because of what reason is it's not, is it not, it's not necessarily bad time management. It's anxiety and the anxiety right. is causing this desire not to do this work. And um, I, and I think that it's okay as a parent, I wholeheartedly agree. You can't do it for them. However, no. I think that when they're home for break is a nice time to do it with them. Um, yes. especially if they are really struggling, if they are dealing with anxiety or depression or just mm-hmm. like feeling stuck. We call the school I work at currently, um, we talk a lot about feeling stuck. In fact, there's a whole like resource center on campus that, that that's kind of one of their taglines is like, where do you, where you go if you feel stuck? Um, because it, because they are there to help connect students to other resources on campus and also sort of external resources too. So if you have a student who's feeling stuck or they really are having trouble getting to that first step, this is a wonderful time to do things with them and to say like, okay, tell me the things that need to happen before you go back to campus. Mm -hmm. And you may have to help. You may have to offer some things for the list, right? Again, this might have to be a collaborative effort. Like, let's use an example. I mean, this is a made up example, but like, let's say your student came home and they really had a rough semester academically and the decision and you talk, they talk it through with you and the two of you realize like what they probably need to do is a semester off. Maybe they need Mm. a leave of absence for a semester in the spring to regroup, to figure out what they want to do next. So what are some to-do list items? They need to contact someone at their college to find out what the process is, right? So maybe if maybe you say to them, all right, who do you tell or who do you talk to? Well, I don't know. Okay. Why don't we begin with your academic advisor? Do you know who that is? Hopefully they say yes. And you start and you start by saying, okay, so could would a goal to be that today or tomorrow, depending on time of day here, 
um, you're going to call or you're going to send an email to your academic advisor saying, hi, this is who I am. I am thinking that, you know, given my current situation, I need to take a leave next, this coming semester. Where, where do I begin? What do I do? Um, and that would inform then what the next steps are. And you can be a wonderful coach in sort of helping them to prioritize and helping them to make manageable goals. Because something like this, or even if it's not a leave, maybe it's like, okay, they struggled a bit, but they're okay to go back and they need to think about, you know, how am I going to get this semester off to a good start? Maybe they need to make an appointment to see their advisor. Great. That's your one thing for tomorrow that you're going to do is email your academic advisor and say, hello, I would like a meeting the first week of classes. How do I do that? Um, I think back to like, there used to be this website called the Billfold. Did you ever read their stuff, Laura? Oh, it was like God, a financial. Yeah, like a, that's a throwback. Yeah. It's a wicked throwback. <laughs> it's a so, wicked throwback. Wicked throwback. That's, to that's like, like the... in the Ask Jeeves era. <laughs> well, maybe not that far back, but it was definitely like a mid to late aughts thing. But one of the features the Billfold had that I loved, and I think about it a lot, is they had what's called One Thing Thursday. And it was just a thing where the person that did it would post like, all right, everybody, it's one thing Thursday. My one thing that I'm going to get done this Thursday is I need to make an appointment for my dog's annual vet checkup. Mm. And that's what I'm doing. And then it was just this open comment thread of people being like, I, my one thing is I need to file my taxes, whatever it might be. Right. But it was this idea of like, we all have these tasks that we put off maybe because of anxiety I I dislike calling my hair salon to make an appointment and there's no reason for it. They're lovely. I they're the nicest people. I love going you. there. No, it's more that like I have like a weird inexplicable anxiety cuz it's like I need to get the hair guy and the eyebrow lady on the same day and what's going to be available and like I'm not doing any of this work. It's the woman at the desk doing the work. But then she's like, what day do you want? And I'm looking at like both my work calendar and my personal calendar. I'm like, I think this day. And then if she suggests something and I have to say no to it, I feel bad. It's very, this, is, this is truly a me problem. But that's always a task that I'm like, today is the day. I am doing this today. Or like, I don't know, just but little things. And so right, I think right. I think if you if you're coaching a student through especially something that's going to be a multi-step process, if time allows saying to them like one thing a day maybe today's the day you make an appointment with your advisor and then maybe tomorrow's the day that you if you're taking a leave and one of the things that you can do during a leave is one class at the community college near you maybe tomorrow's the day you look into what class you can take right um and you can be hopefully not in a nagging way and i know this is hard but like you can be the parent that then says not daily maybe at the end of the week you say hey I know that we talked earlier this week and there were a couple things you were going to do this week. How'd that go? Mm, right. And I do think the one place, and this is a bit of a segue into something else that you mentioned earlier, the one place you might need to be a little bit more taskmaster-ish is if there are financial implications to mm-hmm. when these things right. get done. Right, right. So I think that's where you can have the conversation of like, hey, I want to, I want you to do this as much as you can. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. This one thing you absolutely have to do by Friday or else it will cost us thousands of dollars. That's, that's a non-negotiable. So like, right. what do you need for me to get this done by Friday? Right. How do I, and I'm going to be checking in on you. Like maybe I'm going to ride you a little hard on that one thing. Cause it's mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Cause this is real money. Yeah. Yeah. And real, real consequences in terms of that. Um, you are that all good stuff. And you are here with our first uh, episode of office hours with Dr. DeVoe for the 2023 year. And uh, we are here with Beth Graham Petro, uh, repeat guest host uh, of the show, about winter breaking news, uh, what happens when your college student comes home and you've either observed something or they're telling you something. And we're going to spend, we just uh, spent the first half of the show really talking about those mental as well as physical health issues and how you can uh, be helpful in this regard. And what really is something urgent versus something that is well, not so much. And what should we be working on? Um, 
we are here regularly on the Fireside platform, uh, and it is my pleasure to be here with you uh, regularly. And uh, if you are new to Fireside, please make sure you are following uh, my shows, following my account. Uh, make sure that you are here each week, and but you also can always go back and listen to past episodes. And uh, you can message me um, through LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there. I'll be putting my contact information up later in the show. If you have a suggestion on a show topic, I've had many uh, of my wonderful listeners find me through LinkedIn, give me ideas for shows, give me ideas for guests, et cetera. So please continue to do that. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and move forward with this idea of, so your kid comes home and uh, they feel that while this was the place for them at, at a point in time, whether it be, uh, you know, because they felt that they got in early admission, they got a big scholarship package, they got, a, they got recruited to uh, maybe uh, play a varsity sport, they've been on the campus and they're not quite jiving with it. It's not hitting them from that affinity and belonging standpoint. Um, I think there's some of it, and we can talk a little bit about how this impacts it, is that, you know, I'm calling it Instagram worthy. When they are on Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, wherever they're they're living, what ecosystem they're living in from a uh, social media standpoint, they're seeing their friends at other institutions seemingly having a better time. Uh, those are things that hit in very specific ways for these students. Um, there are also realities where someone says, this place is either too small for me or too big for me. Um, mm -hmm. And they're having those conversations and they sometimes feel embarrassed. Like they come home, they say, this isn't for me. They were afraid of potentially upsetting you. Um, maybe it's your alma mater. You loved it there. They don't, not so much, okay? There are those opportunities to have really intentional conversations. You hear bells in the background. It is my dog, Daisy, kind of doing the Daisy kind of shake, and that's what you hear in terms of bells. So if you're hearing that, uh, that's what's going on. But, but and Daisy's not going anywhere, and she's not transferring. So, but that being <laughs> said, um, you know, they are having these pains and are we have to remember that our traditional age students um, had not the most traditional high school experience due to the pandemic. They were probably looking forward to having a more normal co uh, college experience and now they're feeling like they need to leave. Now, on one side, it is very possible that because they've shifted, gone hybrid, moved around, that kind of thing. They're all right. Okay. I'm going to try something else. I've been trying something else for a while. So one side of some brains might be, I'm okay with change. One side of a different brain might be, I was really hoping that this was going to be it and it's not. And now mm -hmm. I'm not in a good space emotionally. Now I'm not in a good space in terms of where I'm going. And I really was hoping for something. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that, that we're doing, and we've actually sat down with some friends' children who are going through this, is the very first thing is, where do you think you want to go? And we pull up the transfer website and on the campus, and we see what tools are available to them, and really make it tasky. Mm -hmm. um, and really make it about going to your point earlier, Beth, uh, about like, okay, what are some of the things we need to do? What we also need to be able to say to people is, okay, you're going to be able to do the task. You are going to have to go through this again. Guess what? Good news. You usually don't have to redo your essay and all that other garbage that you had to do on your way in in the first place. Okay. It's, this is really about your grades and that's about it. Okay. So they want to know that your grades are in, are, are in good shape. Okay. Um, but the question I do ask the students is why? Tell me why. What is it about this so that we don't repeat some of the same mistakes? Mm -hmm. If it's size and they're looking at 
one si- one school and another school that are about the same, you're like, is it size or is it location? Is it, you know, it are you looking for a Big Ten football experience or are you does that matter to you? If that matters to you, then okay, we need to make a pivot. But if it doesn't matter to you, what are we looking for um, from a co-curricular standpoint? It's that idea of what does it look like? Students who do transfer, there are going to be some realities as far as housing. Most of the time, they don't have housing on campus. Most of the time, their their uh, financial aid package is not going to be great. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. Now, I want to put that put an asterisk next to the financial aid statement I just made because mm. this class size is. Uh, this traditional age student class size is smaller and they're continuing to get smaller. The schools are going to, I think, and I'm, we're predicting that campuses are going to say, well, we've got more money to hand out. So give it to the transfer student. We always want to give it to the first year student, your traditional mm-hmm. first year, first year student coming on in, give them the big financial aid package. But if our numbers for our first year class is not what we expected it to be, start sending it to those transfer students. Now you can't count on that with every institution, but you may end up surprising yourself with some scholarship money. Um, But you have to abide by your your deadlines, making sure you're getting those FAFSA applications in on time, making sure that you are paying attention to not just GPA, they are going to be asking questions about specific courses for specific majors. Mm -hmm. So if you're going into certain majors, they may say, no, we need to see a 100 level math uh, score. Um, We are not going to accept you without seeing that. Some places are going to say, nope, we're going to look back at your high school grades. We're going to see what we got. Um, But you got to kind of line it up. And the good news behind this, I think, is that for students who are feeling a little dejected and a little not um, not in control, you've got a very specific checklist of things that have to be done and you can gain that level of control back. Um, but from a parenting standpoint, you need to sort through the checklist with them and say, okay, what are the high priority items? What do we have to do first? And if you're gonna stay at your institution, if you're gonna stay where you're at, that spring semester, you cannot tank it. You need to do well. Um, and if that means changing some courses around to make sure you've got, as my father used to call it, a gut class in there to get a good grade, that's going to take up the some of the classes that might be a harder a harder sell for you emotionally and, and brain wave-wise, then do it. Um, but you want to come out of that spring semester with a solid GPA, so that you're in you're in better shape for that transfer. Beth, mm-hmm. when you look at this and you're you're having these conversations with friends whose families uh, are experiencing this, or you have seen this with your own students, am I missing anything here? As far as people feeling like this isn't the place for me, when a student comes to you, you don't sit here and try to convince them to stay. You want them to make the decision that's right for them. I think that's one of, the, well, at least you and I do that. Some people might not, <laughs> but you and I do that. What are, what are some of the things that, that you think are important for folks to take away from this? I think, I mean, just what you just said, it needs to be about what's best for the student. I think it's really important that the student and their family not fall into the sunk cost fallacy thinking. Um, it is never, almost never, I would say. I'm going to put an asterisk on that. I would say it's never too late. Yeah. I would also say if a student came to me and they had like a semester left, I would say like, all right, what do we need to do so you can yeah. graduate from this place? And yeah. then if you go on to graduate study or you're looking for a job or whatever your next move is, there's probably lessons to be learned um, that you can apply to that. However, other than that, like, you know, you might get, I mean, I used to work at an institution that was very special focus. It literally had like three majors all in the same field. Right. And I met with a student who was in their sophomore year that was like, I don't think I want to become this job. And I was like, okay, if that's truly, and it wasn't, I think they actually didn't end up transferring, which is interesting, but not completely wild because to some degree, 
um, except if you want to work in the Utah legislature, I guess, um, a bachelor's degree in almost anything can be a good jumping off point for many careers and many jobs. I have a really good friend who's a nurse practitioner and, you know, that's a graduate degree. So she went to nursing school as a graduate student. Her undergrad degree is in art history, right? Which I would have thought biology or something. No, it was not. So it's, it's important not to think of your undergraduate degree experience as limiting you to one thing. No. However, it's also important that if your student has gotten through a semester, a year, even two years, and they're going, I don't know, this really is maybe it's not feeling like the right thing that you have a, you know, an honest conversation with them, listen to them and don't allow them or yourself to get into this vibe of like, well, you already did two years or we've already spent money or we've already done this. Those are normal things to feel, mm-hmm. especially about money. I get it. Right. It's, I'm not saying don't be upset about that, but I'm saying like, especially and especially if it is your alma mater, the alma mater of someone else in the family, or you have a student who was fortunate to be admitted somewhere very prestigious, whether it is generally very prestigious, they got into Harvard, they got into Yale, whatever, or they thought they wanted to go after a particular field of study and they were admitted to their dream school in that, you know, they, they thought they were going to become a performing artist and they're at Berkeley or something, or they're at, you know, the Cincinnati conservatory, whatever. Um, it's okay for them to change their mind. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, cause even though these places I just like name checked or really any school is going to be such a wonderful fit for a lot of people, it's not going to be for everybody. Right. And I do think we, I think we have these conversations sometimes where like people will say like, Oh, sure. Like fit is so important, but if you get into Harvard, you go. And it's like, I get it. (laughs) I do. Um, But also maybe you don't, maybe it's not the place you need to be. And, and that's a pretty specific example, but like, I I can see that happening to anyone who picks any school. Um, I also think that it is okay for people to take a break. I have other friends who went to college as traditionally aged students, ended up leaving or failing out or just not doing that well. And then they went off and they did life. They did their 20s or most of it working and doing other things and then went back to school in their late 20s or even later and were much more conscientious than successful students at that point in their life. And I don't want to minimize that, like, that's not an easy path, right? There's, there's the feeling of wasted time and money in that there, there's, you know, the difficulty of, of finding work, um, that pays well without a degree mm-hmm. sometimes, although I would argue there's also a difficulty in finding work that pays well with a degree a lot of the time. Right. Um, but like, it's not a failure if you figure out you want to do something different and you needed some time to, to sort of like live life and experience things and try something else. Um, before you go back and do the thing that ends up being your career. Right. And let's, let's really highlight something what you did when you were speaking just now, it really kind of, uh, drove home this idea of when I first started talking about this, I was really thinking about maybe your first year student who was Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. This idea of, let's say there are sophomores or even juniors who are saying, Mm -hmm. I just don't see this. There is a certain part of your pragmatic mind that says, okay, let's, let's do the math here. Okay. Let's figure this out. And what sometimes comes to play is a student's like, I actually like where I'm at. It's the academic program. I'm not thrilled with. Can Mm -hmm. I, can I adjust finish with a more general degree, whether it be, I'm going to use psychology just because every institution that I've worked at that has a psych program, it is literally the biggest graduating class because it is a, it is a general degree in the arts and sciences that seems to hit home for people Mm -hmm. Um, or political science or whatever. But like, can you move to a space that's a bit more general and can you, that's where your advisor is going to be super important, where you sit down and say, look, I, I, I like it here. I have other things. I have, a, I have a sense of belonging here. But this mm-hmm. academic program is giving me like, 
my stomach. I can't even, I'm, I can't, I just, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. They can help you and say, all right, you may have to do an extra semester during the summer or something like that, but we will get you graduated and then you'll have a degree and it will position you for moving on to whatever your next landing pad is. Mm -hmm. That idea too, that you brought up about taking a step out that is an important conversation, whether it be you're in good academic standing, but you just don't want to continue right now because you just think it's it's a sinkhole, okay? Or going to the other topic that I'm hoping to touch today is you've bombed academically mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, we got to get you into a situation where you're feeling it again, okay? And do you take a step out? reposition yourself. I, we have, we can all think of people in our lives that had a great first year at an institution and they had a fun time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then as I like to say to people, getting all Fs, that took an effort. <laughs> that took a great effort. Okay. It and it wasn't always about the academics was too hard. When you don't show up to class, you are going to get an F, okay? Um, and there's a moment where you have to say, all right, wh what do I have to do? Take a step out, maybe go to a community college, see what you can do, work. You know, and I mm -hmm. would argue right now, going to some of the needs that we have as a, as a society about skilled uh, work, it doesn't require a four-year degree. It can, de can require something else entirely, your community college system can provide some of that that training and some education at very low cost, get you in the workforce, figure out if this is a place you want to be the rest of your life. And then if it's not, you can always come back. The door is always open and there will always be a place for folks. Mm -hmm. But from a parenting standpoint, when they come in and being able to say, look, I guess this is my my point on this. And maybe this gives you a little bit too much of a glimpse into my, my life as a parent. I want my kid to be happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if the school is giving them, you know, you know, Ajita, then we need them to take, be able to look at it and say, is this, is this worth it? I don't want mm -hmm. school to be, be labeled as something you hate. I want mm -hmm. this to be labeled as something that you were curious about and it created your best sense of self. If it doesn't create your best sense of self, then we need to start to look at that next landing pad um, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, I, but I, I would also yeah, say, just really quick, this is also a place to be honest with your student about what you as a parent or a family can do for them financially. Mm -hmm. So I am all for like, let's are they happy? Did they find a place that's a good fit? They're connected. They have a sense of belonging. Those are all so important. I absolutely agree. However, if you are paying the bills yes. and you, and you're looking at them and saying, okay, I am paying or taking out loans or whatever for pretty exorbitant tuition at this school. And it was initially because you loved it. You have this great experience there but now you're going to change majors because you're struggling academically and the major you're going to switch to is something you could do closer to home or something you could do somewhere cheaper. Mm -hmm. That's something you're going to do because yeah. I, we cannot, we're stretching. Maybe it's, you know, we're really stretching, we're stretching. to send you there yeah. Yeah. and like, we can't continue to stretch if you don't need this specific academic program yeah. anymore. Maybe that's the reality or maybe, yeah. maybe it has nothing to do with them. Maybe that's just something that's come up, you know, for your family. Like this is, this is a thing that I think it's really important to be honest and have a conversation with your student if there are financial concerns, because especially if they're struggling and might need time off, you want to be realistic with them about what you can do. And you also want to be looking at what the deadlines are and you know, what you can do to make sure you're not on the hook for a bunch of money if they're not going to school. 
yeah, you and I talk about this before um, in in past episodes of other podcasts and and mm-hmm. our own conversations. Even when we were running student orientation back in mm-hmm. the back in the before before times, you know, and when we were talking to parents, and we're like, you need to have conversations. You need to have a talk with your student about not only your expectations as a parent in terms of, mm-hmm. you know. What is their behavior going to be at college? What kind of human do they are you expecting them to be? But also have those conversations about I am not an endless font of cash. I am not an ATM that has no, you know, I'm just bringing it in from the from, you know, the lottery commission. You know, that's not our reality. Um, And even if it is, even if you won the, you know, the mega bucks or whatever, and you've got that that thing, you you do have values. And as a family, Mm -hmm. what are the values that you have? Um, And, you know, if you haven't had these conversations before the student went off to school, it's not too late, but you need to have them in an uninterrupted environment where it's, I need Mm -hmm. you to put down the phone. We need to go for a walk and talk because I need you to hear something. Um, I trust you. I know that you can do good work. I know you have succeeded. I have seen this in you. I am proud of you. Let me tell you our reality as a family. Things have mm-hmm. changed or things will change. And we all are in this together. And you need to have those conversations. It's it's hard. I'm not saying it's not easy. And especially after the last few years, some parents are, I think, feeling a little more generous because they want their child to have something that is more than maybe their high school experience was. I get it. They want them to have something Instagram worthy, as I keep calling Mm -hmm. it lately. Mm -hmm. They want them to have something fun and they want something memorable and they don't want to stress them with some of the adulting that we face every day as parents but it is absolutely un it is unsustainable for you not to be honest with your child yeah that is very true and and you get and you know what you can always blame the deadlines (laughs) always blame yeah deadlines are firm and if you can blame a deadline say i'm going to give you a, a, some real talk right now about where we're at and what i expect and here's the deadline so we got to get on this together and that's okay um i want to close out today and just before that i want to remind people we are here we are broadcasting and recording live on fireside uh we are here obviously on the app to be able to replay anytime but we are also uh Uh, put out there in the terrestrial podcasts, as I like to call it, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. So you can always listen to past episodes. And, uh, you know, the what I want to do in the last few minutes is really talk about the student who just bombed. And Mm. they may be a first-year student, they may be an upperclassman, but there's that idea of, like, absolute academic meltdown. Um, And you don't get the grades. Grades don't come home to parents. We know that. Um, that's different than high school. I'm not saying a lot of parents don't have access to their students' grades. Some colleges and universities do have programs that they do uh, with the permission of the students send grades home to parents. Um, other schools, the parents just say, give me your, if I'm paying the bill, you're giving me your password to your portal so I can see your, uh, see your grades. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that that approach, um, but that being said, um, you see that your kids just been bombed out. Um, is there a way to recover? I mean, we talked a little bit about this, but is there a way to recover that we haven't spoken about that might be a little bit different, that might be, you know, try something new? Any thoughts on that? Hmm. Am I stumping you? <laughs> I mean, I think that I think that if a student has truly just bombed, I mean, their first step, which I feel like we kind of talked about, but maybe I didn't say this specifically enough, they need to know what the rules are about that at their institution. Like, yeah. what what can you do? 
I, I, that would be my first question if it yeah, was my kid. That's a really good like, point. Well, I, I failed everything. There's nothing I can do. Mm. Do we know? Let's make sure we know facts first. Um, they're actually, funny enough, my kid who is absolutely not in college is learning about facts versus opinions in school right now, which is fascinating for eight-year-olds. Anyway, um, <laughs> so and, and what are the facts? Child, this will come back. <laughs> oh, it, it's already such a joy. I don't know if that's um, a fact, mommy. <laughs> yes. Well, my opinion is. Um, but yeah, what are the facts of the situation? Like, is there no, are you at a point where you've missed every deadline mm -hmm. and your GPA is so low that, Super and maybe there's, there's no way. So right away, my first question is, what do we know about the policies of your institution? And then we got to work within that. Um, and I do think going back to something that you said a little earlier, it's like, what do they want to do instead? If the if the deal is like, all right, I need I am either in a position where I have to take time off or have to withdraw, mm -hmm. or I am choosing to take time off or I'm choosing to transfer. What are you going to? Mm -hmm. Because it shouldn't, unless unless the time off is for rest and recuperation and addressing of a medical or mental health issue. Right. Which is which is a perfectly good reason to take time off as well. And then we know that the time off is hopefully going to be spent spent seeking treatment and support and figuring out next steps. But if it's not that, if it's like, okay, I'm I'm doing okay or like I'm not okay, but my my issues will be will change once I get out of this academic program that's a bad fit for me or regroup after I've done poorly academically. Right. Okay, fine. Um, what are you going to do in the time off? Are you taking other classes? Are you doing volunteer work? Are you, do you have the financial cushion to allow your kid to go do something that's like fun? But I use the quote fingers because I don't mean like something that's also not fulfilling or, or right. valuable, right? Like maybe you are a lucky person who has enough money to say, all right, if you're going to take a semester off and you really want to like, I don't know, go volunteer, like doing some job and you don't have to get paid for it. Mm -hmm. You just are interested and you want to try that thing for a semester. Yeah. You want Great. an unpaid internship or unpaid you, volunteer. You want to go or... like muck out stalls at the stables in town because you love horses. Right. You know what? Awesome. Then have you, at it. Yeah. Like have at it. It's, it's an activity. It's a job. It's work. It's like something to do that isn't just staying home and staring at a wall and thinking like I, I failed now what? Um, and I guess that's it. Like I would think, I don't know that this is like creative or special, but like the time, the break, especially if it is not about addressing a health issue, mm -hmm. It should be restful. And I'm going to yeah. go back to what I said about when you're ill, you should rest. Like there should be some time for rest during a break from school. But I think there should also be purpose. Right. And the purpose doesn't have to be producing something. And it doesn't have to be making money necessarily. Although it might have to be making money. Right. But like, what are they going to do to give themselves a routine and some purpose and some activity and some enjoyment and maybe even learn something and go, you know what, I did X thing during my break. And it turns out I really like it. Right. What if I go to this other school? Or what if I go back and change my major and aim toward doing that as a career or a job after I graduate? Right, right. Giving them something to focus on in terms of an opportunity to build a sense of confidence is is really important. I think one of the things that I would recommend is, I don't want this to sound like beating a dead horse, but it is almost like a forensic review of what went wrong. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we see, especially with young men coming straight out of high school, is that when they fail math, that damn class of math, especially developmental math, which means you're in a 99 level class, typically, you're not even getting credit for it, which is bullshit as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, so, you know, they, they are not in the top level math class or your regular math class. And if they fail that, that becomes like a spiral. If they're not achieving in one class, especially math or a class that's associated with the major that they are hoping, it creates a spiral effect. And it would be important at that point to really have a conversation with the child about your student, 
about let's really look at this and let's look at maybe even peel back and say, can you show us, can you, can you, do you mind sharing with me how you were doing in class? Mm -hmm. How many days a week are, were you showing up to class? When did you stop going to class? And that goes back to how we started the show today in terms of that idea of, I know you can succeed. I know I've seen you succeed. I know you have the capacity to do this. I want you to feel uh, confident again, and I want you to see yourself in the way I see you. Um, but let's figure out what, what happened here, and is there time here for you to maybe talk to a, a therapist, a counselor, someone who can kind of not be me? I don't want you to see this as a judgmental mm -hmm. thing. Um, and being able to say, I, I want to parent you. I am not going to psychoanalyze you. And mm -hmm. I will, but I do need someone who's going to be able to help you be you again um, and find uh, your confidence and, and that sort of thing. So um, I think this all kind of goes around to saying that as a parent, you know your child, um, you know the person that you have seen grow up in your household, um, and you know when they are right, and when I say right, they're kind of that balance, and when they're out of balance. Um, and trust your gut, and know that, uh, you know, we're, we are never the perfect parent, um, and anyone who thinks they are, well, good mm -hmm. on you because you're full of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, I think also this is tough, but there's a balance between like, you got to let them know that they can do things. Mm -hmm. You got to give them space to try to do things and notice and recognize when they succeed at things. You also have to be able to talk calmly again, calmly, not panicking, Right. When they do fail at something, when they do make a mistake, because a lot of it is fine. It's not great in the moment. Like I, I'm already doing this, trying to do this with, again, a much younger kid who does, is not great at making mistakes and does not like being wrong. And I find myself saying a lot, like, you know what? Everybody makes mistakes. What's going to happen now that you made this mistake? What do you say? And I think that's actually a really great tool for these conversations too, is to say to your student, okay, you bombed. I mean, maybe don't say that, but say like, all right, so here's the situation you're in. You're on academic probation or you have to withdraw or you have to do this. Okay. What do you think is going to happen next? And it could be very illuminating to hear because they might say something that your first instinct is going to be to laugh at it because it's so bananas. <laughs> Try not to, but also just say, okay, I understand why you feel that way, but I'm pretty sure that's not what's going to happen. Like right. I would, I would have been the person if I had failed out of, out of college and been like, and then I'm never going to get a job and I'm not going to have anywhere to live. And I, you know, like I would have absolutely been in a catastrophe down the, spiral the, the hole that is... down the hole and just say to them, like, you know what? I understand the worry, but I don't think that's actually what's going to happen. Absolutely. Or, you know what? Or even just stopping it. Wow, that sounds like you're really worried about that. I understand that this must be really hard. But what what did actually just happen, though? And especially if they've come to you and told you something when it's too late to do anything about it, which is super annoying and frustrating for a parent. But poking at that a little so that next time they don't wait and saying, what were you, what did you think was going to happen when you told me this? And you might hear from them, like, I was really afraid you'd be mad. Aren't you mad that... And you could even say, I mean, I would say to my kid, like, I'm feeling a little frustrated because if we had had this conversation earlier, X, Y, and Z could have been different. However, However. <laughs> I love you. I'm your mother. And now we, now I know. So now we can work on this. Nothing. There's so few things in the world that are actually life and death or that are actually like really unsolvable. Right. Like I just, I think that it's, and it's so easy it's so, so easy because the whole admissions process for college is so fraught and we put so much value on it and it's valuable. Like mm -hmm. I, I work at a college, I think it's valuable, but I think we do this disservice to our kids because then if things don't, you know, if the journey starts off this way and then they hit bumps, they're just like, oh shit, this is an unsavable situation. I screwed up too much. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, you no. very rarely did you screw up too much to come back from in some way. And you might not come back in the way that you think, but like so many things are savable. And you usually come back better. Yeah. Ultimately, you come back better. 
Well, I can't think of a better way to end today's show. So thank you, Beth. Thank you, everybody, for being here. You have been with us here at Office Hours with Dr. DeVoe right here on the Fireside platform. Thank you for being here. Join us, subscribe, get alerts when I'm planning other shows uh, over the course of the semester. We're going to have a great spring semester. And now everybody, please go out there and learn something. Have a great day, everybody.